0: This is the ZMAR Podcast. Elite Benefits of America helps small and mid-sized companies with their health insurance programs. And now, your host, Butch ZMAR.
1: Welcome back to the ZMAR Podcast. Today, I have Eric Wilson joining me. We're going to talk about current events with the Biden uh, administration signing an executive order.
2: Thanks, Bush. Always good to be back here. My name is Eric Wilson. My company is ISO Health Incorporated. I am a health insurance broker in, you know, in about 35 different states I'm licensed in, uh, but I've also become kind of a subject matter expert on some of these topics here uh, as I've kind of as I follow uh, the, the health care laws and, and orders as, as they kind of come through. So I uh, I get some calls from a lot of different people around the country on, on all these topics, so happy to, happy to jump in and help.
1: Yeah, so you said 35 states now? Yes. Holy smokes. So, you, know, my client,
2: well, you know, the clients move around, everybody's fleeing in Illinois, and i end going to have to get licensed in that state wherever the heck they move to keep keep helping them. So it's yeah. one of those crazy things there, so...
1: Yeah, which drives uh, obviously a hot topic for healthcare in the state of Illinois. Even you know, with the Medicaid expansion, uh, income brackets being high, and then obviously tax credits, and of course leveraging opportunities between multiple states. Um, some people are fortunate enough to have multiple uh, homes, so they're able to designate which ones their resident. Yeah, good on you. I think uh, I'm only at like 15, so you had me outnumbered there.
2: Well, you, you, you know what's weird is some of these states, unfortunately, make the corporation get licensed too. So it's like, you know, it, it, it should be fairly new. Like, like, I just found out one of the states I'm in, I went to write one yesterday, and a, and a company said, you can't write it, your your corporation's not licensed there. I'm like, but I wrote one three months ago in the state under the, with the same company under the same rules, and I wasn't licensed there either. So. Uh, How to get a new corporation like yesterday for one of the other states there because they just, I guess they changed the rules.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, it's good to know that you're compliant, but also having a broader spectrum of um, what happens in multiple states. One of the reasons I invite you on here because, um, you know, the obviously subject matter expert, but not just in the in the state of Illinois, but through over half of the, the states in the country. So obviously in the current events, the Biden uh, administration had signed an executive order, making some changes to some of the executive orders that Trump, the Trump administration had put in force, and then obviously open up with the open enrollment. I, I know you and I, I talked about this and I guess um one of the insights, or the reason that they're opening up uh, the open enrollment, is they're citing that because of the pandemic, it gives people an opportunity to go out and select uh, coverage. But you and I have been down this road before; like it's not really going to make that big of an impact for those who didn't get insurance to begin with. Is that right?
2: Uh, that's funny. Well, first of all, you know, we just had open enrollment what a month ago, and we were in a pandemic then, if memory serves. So first and foremost, you know, people that were that didn't have insurance who thought they needed to get insurance because of a pandemic, had the opportunity, you know, only whatever was five, six weeks ago, whatever open enrollment ended there. So, so we had that just went through. Secondly, you know, as the law is written, if you lose your job or lose your benefits due to downsizing or whatever the case may be, you're granted a special election already, where you get 60 days to buy insurance under current law. So I kind of see this as Really, a failure to understand how the law is written, and it's sad because Mister Biden was involved in the original writing of of the Affordable Care Act, you know, back in 2010, because you know he was in office at that point. So to me, it's just a failure, a failure to understand it. And I remember the the Democrats were trying to push Trump into opening up, up in a special enrollment in March or April, and he said no because they already got a special election period. There's no need for it. Which, you know, taking the politics aside, I think he was right because those who lost coverage can still get coverage
1: yeah very true and obviously they do that for a very good reason for adverse selection and people waiting until they actually need health care to actually get insurance but they open up a window to allow you to make a selection when you most people in America get employer-based insurance and when they are let go or they quit whatever the case might be and there is an eligibility they have an option to select Cobra as always an option. Obviously, the other choices are you could go to the exchange or buy individual health insurance, uh, through, obviously through a broker. And then um, the other option is getting through your spousal insurance. And so there's, like you said, there there's obviously leverage um, already in place with current law that allows you to bridge the gap or eliminate the gap whatsoever um, between health coverages. But I also think that one of the other things is many people procrastinate. I uh, I don't know if you remember back into was it the 2014 Open Enrollment? They kept extending it, and it yes. it, it was it was like this long battle of you know it was kind of like a hurry up and wait, but then it kept going. They kept moving. They kept moving the goalpost again. And it didn't really do anything. I would say that we were showing up to work, waiting for those calls or working with some issues. And it went all the way through, I think, April that year. And we had probably, it was less than 10% of the overall business during January through April than it was during um, the, the original open enrollment period.
2: Right, correct. And, you know, I mean, yeah, there, there's people that, that, that procrastinate. And, you know, I, I guess that's okay. But I mean, with, all the, with all the marketing and everybody seeing you know, all the TV commercials now, get your insurance down last week, one week to go. In open enrollment, I mean, if you didn't buy insurance on open enrollment, you just didn't want to, or you were living on a different planet. I mean, it's, I mean, it's pretty simple. And and I mean, you can make the pandemic excuse, and you can even see that when they were trying to pressure the you know the Trump administration into doing that. Okay, there's a lot of people who go without insurance; they choose not to buy insurance. Okay, now pandemic hits, maybe you've rethought your your position on insurance, perhaps. Okay, so back then maybe it made some sense, but now, like like, like I was just saying, we just had open enrollment, so I think everybody who Needed or wanted insurance, or, was, or 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 had been going uninsured. If they were if they were even remotely uh, in fear of catching coronavirus, they would have purchased something. So I mean, I, I, I think this is a is is a, either a political posturing or uh, Mr. Biden trying to be the nice guy and Trump was the mean guy. Uh, not sure, but it's uh, I, I I don't see the benefit of this.
1: And you're right. There are some situations through procrastination. We have a couple clients that um, the carrier. You know not the the point blame who knows what the real story is but you know they didn't get the invoice in the mail and they lapsed their policy they they have to make their first payment within a a certain time frame in order for it to execute needless to say people should have just really just made the opportunity during the six weeks that was already given i want to transition just real quick so uh, there was other pieces to the executive order that he had signed it was actually the rollback some of the other stuff that was signed into law well, during the Obama Empire, he had written—I uh, believe—had uh, to be an executive order. Um, you would know a little bit more than I would. The executive order that reduced the short-term medical plans to three months, and the state of Illinois agreed, and that was uh, all that was given. So during Obama's uh, administration, uh, we only had three months. When Trump came in, he actually extended it back up to twelve months. The state of Illinois went to battle in Springfield, and they said, no, 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 we'll split the difference, and it's six months. But the reality is we were putting people in a bad situation. And now the Biden administration reduced it back to uh, three months. Is that right? Uh,
2: You know, the society executive order basically repealing, uh, you know, uh, discontinuing Trump's executive order uh, to extend it on. Now, what was interesting about the Obama executive order, if you recall, it, it was 12 months for most of his presidency. And then, you know, he, he changed that to three months, like his last days in office. I mean, I mean, I mean he changed that right around the election time. I mean, he was – I mean, it was, it was probably November or late October when he made that change of, of his last term to the three-month side of things, uh, which, you know, which – then they went you know, three-by-four. A lot of these companies okay, we're just going to go three months in a row and just keep renewing it and, 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 and solve that problem. Uh, and then when Mr. Trump came in, he, he, he said he wanted to ease that burden and, and you know, let short-term plans go up to up to three years if the state allowed it now illinois you know said no illinois actually wanted to go to three months and and, and cut it off but they thought that was bad politically so they they went to six months i actually went down to springfield uh to lobby with them uh to explain to them why why the six-month short-term plan was a bad idea and why they should allow 12 months they didn't listen but i went down there to talk about it either way
1: and I still think uh, there's more to come on this. Uh, obviously, there's going to be more um, the Biden administration is going to work on, and maybe things will still come full circle, probably not in the state of Illinois, but other states. Have you heard after the signing of the law what other states that extended, like Indiana, that had it up to three years, are they reducing it or are they leaving it alone?
2: Nothing yet, but I, but I will tell you, you know, when, when, when Mr. Trump signed the executive order, I believe it was in August, or should be, I believe it was in October of twenty seventeen uh uh sorry, it was twenty whatever year it was uh, four years ago, it didn't actually go into into place till like August. So it 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 took four or five months to get things done to actually get everything in place there because insurance was having to make 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 their change with the insurance commissions or whatnot as well. So it, it could be it, it could be just one of those things there where he he repeals it, you know, he, he's repealing the, the law, but no one's responded yet. I mean I, I know in Texas I wrote a three year short term plan yesterday. So still able to do it there. Uh, I know Florida still has it still has it available. I haven't checked Indiana yet, but but again and and, and, and no one has addressed it yet. Everyone's been very quiet on the situation. So
1: yeah, and if I remember right, that was the same thing that happened the other way around when they when it opened up to longer short-term plans, um, There were uh, there were some delays with it, and then even even after the signing of the Affordable Care Act and them changing it back to three months, there was actually some quiet time where they were allowing more sales to go into the pipeline.
2: Correct, right? I, I think a lot of it's just, just just legislative stuff. You know, you can't just you can't just sort flip of a switch and <clears throat> turn things off just like. That. I mean, even remember, if you remember when when the Affordable Care Act passed on. I believe it was Christmas Eve 2010 or 2009, whatever that was, Uh, you know, they phased it in over the course of years. The first phase didn't start until about August. It added about 9% to the premium. Uh, So I guess the cost of free is 9%. (laughs) But uh, they put that in. It took about nine months to get that part into place and then four uh, years later. So uh, I think this is going to, it's obviously going to happen. It's just a matter of when.
0: Are you a CFO, HR professional, or owner of a company, big or small, and you're tired of the typical health insurance premium increases each and every year? Out of control premiums with no end in sight. Well, now there is the elite benefits formula. This process has saved employers and their employees thousands or even tens of thousands of dollars each year. These strategies are avoided by most insurance professionals and the insurance companies definitely do not want you to know about them. But Elite Benefits of America is ready to help you. Just about all employers in the Chicagoland area can now take advantage of some or all of these strategies and start saving money. Butch Zimar from Elite Benefits of America wants you to reach out to him today. Visit EliteBenefits.net or call 708-535-3006.
1: What are you reading right now that the Biden administration is working on or trying to propose even just in the first couple of years related to health care?
2: Well, the the biggest one is right now for subsidies, you have to be 400% of the poverty level. He wants to make it 600% of the poverty level, but 600% that, that, that's a that's a huge market uh, of more people getting eligible subsidies. So, I mean, mind you, it's taxpayer money. It's not just it's just not the government giving you money. Anytime you say government subsidy, that's
1: taxpayer, taxpayer subsidy. Side, yeah. uh,
2: let, let, let's, let's understand. Be clear. Which I mean, I, I've had people I've had people say, "Well, I don't want to take the subsidy. I hit hate Obamacare." And I tell them, "Look, if, if your taxes paying for it, you, you know, if you don't take it, you know, your your taxes are paying for someone else's subsidy." So you may as well capitalize on it yourself. And then it seems to rationalize these people. Well, oh, I hate that. I hate the concept. If you, you, you pay for yours, you pay for someone else's. Take the money. Uh, so, but, but 600% of it, you know, right now, it seems like I have a lot of people who purchase non-Obamacare products. They're, you know, 58 years old, husband and wife, and they make, you know, maybe $110,000 a year combined, which is just over that 400%. So that's going to create a nice window for them to get, to get a subsidized plan if it passes. Again, and that won't be for this this enrollment period, this this, this February fifteenth enrollment period. But it'll be, you know, voting for for next for, for next year. You know, the the the, the traditional open enrollment period. We're trying to get that put in place by.
1: And it's interesting you say that you believe that Congress needs to pass something like that. Uh, but um, as I recall. There was an executive order passed by the Obama administration that allowed for cost-sharing credits, which is used in taxpayer dollars to pay for out-of-pocket expenses for those who qualified in that magic window. It seems that no one's touched that. I'm surprised during the four years during the Trump administration, he didn't mess with that either.
2: That actually did go to go the to, go to Supreme Court uh, many years ago. That, that was a thought because the, the way it was originally written was uh, the, 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 the the cost-sharing reduction was only... If, if a state did their own their, their own exchange that's the way it was originally written was state exchanges, uh, but not the federal exchange, and they gave they were giving money for that there, and that's when uh, the you know the guy who wrote it said let's make it like Medicaid where the states would be silly not to start their own exchange and take the money, except for they miscalculated that there, and most of the states didn't take the money that the federal government do it, and then they were stuck, and then they went then they, they, they went and then they went to court and they said well yeah that was the intent which. I don't think that was the intent because, you know, the the Jonathan Gruber, whoever the guy's name was, specifically said, you know, the states would be silly not to take the money. So you knew what the intent was because he said it on tape. But nonetheless, uh, the Supreme Court uh, decided to uh, take a different interpretation.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. I don't. I don't remember that specifically. I tell you, uh, there's a lot of things that changed since 2010 and the passing of the law. But even if you backtrack back to 2008, when Obama, Obama first made um, office, that everything was fluid, going all the way into the signing of the law in 2010. And here we are, about um, just under 11 years later, and it's still fluid. It's still moving. Things have changed. And what was valid maybe even five years ago is no longer valid. And it seems like it'll consistently be that way going forward. And uh, it, it's a left field question, but uh, since you're a baseball guy, what do you think the chances are Biden campaigned on the principle of Medicare for all or, or a hybrid version of it or a public option, but during his first four years, what, what what's your take on on them actually following through with that and getting it passed?
2: Well, he's kind of backed off the, the public option type thing uh, recently because I, 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 I think it didn't, play, didn't pull well overall with the public option. Uh knowing that, that public office would basically put insurance companies out of business because they, you know the government could just keep printing money and I think that that, that kind of went back to they, they got a lot of push like I said when they were saying Medicare for all you know know the big, that meant all that meant business group business everything else uh and and that would that, that would make it tougher there even the public option was tougher he does and i think I think this thing actually might get some play is have Medicare start at age sixty you know uh which i think I think that winner Eric could get some play. Personally, I think they should go to Medicare at age seventy because it's currently underfunded and people are living longer. I mean, it was never Medicare and, and, and Social Security, neither of them, were ever designed the last thirty years of retirement. You know, if, if you recall, it, when those things passed, you know, people were getting Medicare and Social Security at age sixty-five, but they were dead by age sixty-seven. You know, so you know, they were there were never there were never the last thirty years of retirement uh, of of life. Uh, and you know, every time they try, every time they, you, you hear politicians try to retweet the – the Social Security system, they say, oh, the Republicans want to do this. And it's like, you know, it's, it's really not a Democrat problem or, or, or a Republican problem. It's a math problem. <laughs> you know, there's, there's just not enough money in the system. And if you look at your Social Security statements, it even says it will be underfunded by the, whatever it says 2025 or 2030 or whatever it says on there now because uh, it's wrong. So, so making, it, making it younger for, for Medicare, uh, I mean, obviously it might, it might change it to cut – the price structure of it significantly there, but I think that one will get some play there because I think that'll take the burden off Obamacare and the subsidies for those people. Now, of course you have to fund it a different way, but I, th- I think that that's the one change I think will, that will potentially come down to pike. I don't know if you can get the votes. Uh, I mean, with a 50-50 Senate, you know, I think, I assume you're to get, uh, I don't know if you can use it bet, budget reconciliation for that kind of stuff or not. Uh, 60 votes might be tough to get in the Senate to pass that stuff. So, Tough to tell, but I, uh, that, that, that's the one idea that seems like it's gonna, that, that, that might gain some traction.
1: And, and you bring up a good point about uh, it's a math problem. Uh, wasn't that one of the reasons why the Medicare Advantage uh, programs were passed is to outsource the risk of the Medicare pool to an insurance company?
2: Uh, yeah, Initially, yes, because when, when it first passed, I really thought that the government was trying to get out of the Medicare business. you know. Uh, but, but then when Obamacare passed, they took money out of Medicare Advantage to help pay for Obamacare, so that kind of changed that idea. So you know, so I mean, I I I think there's a lot of ways they could they could do this thing. I mean, you know, uh, but I, I, I it seems like the government just seems like they think they can do it better than, than the private market, and that's where they're they're mistaken. And there there you know, there's also sadly we know with with, with, with both with this this executive order and Obamacare in general, there there there's a mis what's what's the phrase there? There's a misconception of how health care and health insurance should actually work. I they kept talking about people with pre-existing conditions and whatnot, and we we want to take care of those people. But, you know, like you said, I think you said earlier, like 90% of of America get their their insurance through their job. So we're talking about 10% of America, and of that 10%, you know, there's probably 10% of them that have a pre-existing condition. So, you know, we've redone an entire system of people that we need to find a way to take care of. And, of course, HIPAA already had a lot of those things in place, and some states like the state of Ohio had it had the system done perfectly. Don't ask Governor Casey Keaton how his own pro- program worked in his own state, so, but let's not go <laughs> uh, but, but, but there. But there were ways to do that thing in a, in a smart way where we could have got the best of all worlds, and if they would have looked at some existing state there he had, to, had it in place. But they're not going to do that. And then now, we're, now, now we're too far down the rabbit hole to, to change the Obamacare thing. So, And, and, I, and I really don't think when it, when it hits the Supreme Court in the next couple of months the, the previous case that's up there, I don't think that the, all, all signs are are going to sever the law and say that the law can stand without the, without the tax penalty uh, because it, because it stood for the last four years without the tax penalty. So I think that granted granted we just print we just keep printing money money so so it's it's fabricated a little bit from that side of things, but nonetheless I think uh, I think that it'll stand for, forever.
1: Well, uh, this has definitely been great, but on another note, and politics aside, I know you're a big baseball fan, but what are you guys seeing with your, with your boys playing baseball this spring with, uh, with everything going opening up?
2: Uh, well, it's looking good. Now, now, now IHSA, you know, they went to four seasons instead of three seasons for sports. So, you know, you, got, you, know, the, you, know, you used to have to get the, 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 the fall season, the winter season, and the spring season. Now, now they have the, the fall season the winter season, the spring season, and the summer season. So baseball's been, been pushed this summer. Football got moved from fall to spring in Illinois, which is silly. Uh, but nonetheless, yeah. you know, they they moved baseball from the spring to the summer, so they're starting later and going later. But it looks like they're going to play. They just got – it's funny how the election's over, and everything's suddenly open. Yeah, uh, so- <laughs> I'll hold on the story. <laughs> but, right. you know, but, it, but, but it was crazy how they were shut down, and, 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 and as soon as elections are wrong, they're starting to open things up. And now, now now starting this week – uh, they're, they're able to start, start uh, going to school to lift weights. It's funny the gym was – the, the weight rooms were all closed, and now the weight rooms are suddenly open to school. school's not open yet, but the weight room's open.
1: Yeah, that's <laughs> so, cool. And you got it's, and it's, you it's, got a, a boy that's um, on track for uh, college, right?
2: Yeah, he's 16. He's, a, he's, a, he's a year, uh, in his junior year, almost 17. In his junior year there, so, uh, he, he needs to be on the field and get playing. So, which, 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 which we're happy about, don't get me wrong, but it's just uh, – you know, the fact that they're shortening the, the high school season you know, to move into summer and, and playing for weeks, it was like, in my, in my opinion, which doesn't mean anything, but since, since all the kids that, that played spring sports last year, whether it be baseball, softball, uh, track, all, all those things, got, got their season you know kicked to the curb last year, this year tried to find a way to give them a longer season this year instead of a shorter season. You know, all the other sports got their got their seasons in last year. You know, the, the wrestling, the basketball, the you know, the football. They got their stuff in last year, Shorten their seasons, selfishly speaking. But I mean, you know, you're penalizing the kids who who didn't. get, who, You know, only the spring kids lost a, lost a full season last year, uh, and and they have to go. They have to deal with a shorter season this year, which just doesn't seem quite fair. But you know, we know life's not all fairness,
1: I guess, yeah, for sure. well, well, best of luck to them. hopefully all these kids get out there and 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 show you know their spirits and and, and get them out of the house. I mean, my boys are growing crazy, but hopefully your boys uh, get back going again and, and and at least um you know do what they're passionate about so
2: is your is your hockey rink open yet or not uh, yet?
1: No, it's kind of uh, in between. Some things, some things are opening up, but some things are not. And the ones that are opening up, there's a lot of restrictions. Like for example, we can't play game. We're not supposed to play games yet until the state of Illinois makes some changes. There's some shared ice opportunities, but again, it's very subtle. And there's a lot of rules and restrictions to it. Like they got to wear a mask on the ice. Uh, some of those are being lifted as weeks go on, but. Uh, we're getting there, you know, and, and that's a winter sport. So, Eric, if anybody wanted to get in touch with you uh, with anything we talked about uh, today or anything related to what you do, how do they get in touch with you?
2: Sure, so they can call me locally at 815-372-1363 is the local number. Toll free is 888-448-5370 and the website is www.istellhealth.com.
1: This has been great. I appreciate your time, as always, and I look forward to having you back on here in the future. Butch, always
2: a pleasure.